Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Fried Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma. We hope you'll join us every Friday. Well, this morning, we've got a very special guest with us, uh, Becky Pringle, president of the National Education Association. Becky, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing this morning? Oh, I am wonderful, Carrie. Hi, Alicia. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. Excellent. Excellent. The sun is shining here in Virginia, and it's a reminder that we have a lot to be grateful for, even in the throes of a pandemic that has brought quite a few crises to our front doors, right? Right. Thank you for, that's a good perspective to start the day. Um, So tell us, for for folks who might not be um, familiar with you, give us a little history about um, where you started um, and how you ended up president of the largest uh, professional association in the country. Oh, wow. Well, that's a long story. I don't know how much time you ladies have. I've been at it for a while. (laughs) I've always been an activist since I was a teenager in high school and continued that through college. And then when I became a teacher over 30 none of your business years ago, (laughs) I uh, realized that I had the opportunity to be part of something that was bigger than myself. And so at the time I worked in uh, Susquehanna Township and that is a suburb of Harrisburg. And I realized it was part, I wasn't by myself. I was part of the Susquehanna Township Education Association. And then I realized it was part of, I was part of the Pennsylvania State Education Association. And then I went to my first representative assembly. Alicia, you remember that first time? I remember it, I was hooked. Oh my goodness, 10,000 teachers and support professionals gathered together, um, just, I felt so powerful. I felt so excited. I could hardly stop smiling. Um, And so when I realized I was part of the largest labor union in this country, it was just the most amazing thing. And I felt like I could do anything for my kids and for my colleagues. Um, And and I still believe that to today. I still, even as I said it to you, Alicia, I could, Right. It was the most amazing thing. Um, And I realized that I needed to be active. I um, started that activism because I just really was standing up for my five year old son who uh, was just starting kindergarten. Now, uh, let me just give you a little flavor of that. So my grandson, his child is is eight now. So that was a long time ago. My son was five years old and the superintendent at the time, you will not believe this, Carrie, wanted to put 33 students in my son's kindergarten class. 33 in kindergarten. No, thank you. No, thank you. Channel 6 News came to the high school auditorium and they were filming and everything and I stood up in front of the cameras and I said that is not okay that is not in keeping with the excellence that I know this school district to to uh, believe in and that is not uh, uh, no we're not having that and then the local president at the time came to me and said wow Becky uh you need to be involved in the union because you have a really big mouth <laughs> no you're just good at giving people the business that there is- you go so, and that began yes. my road toward uh, leadership in the association. <laughs> um, why, uh, you know, when, when you think about that beginning and think about now, what are, what are your goals as president? And also, how does that, 
how does that harken back to what you felt passionate about in that gym so many years ago? So it, for me, it was always about excellence uh, for our schools, for our educators, for our students. And as an educator, I felt that it was my professional responsibility, honestly, to speak up. It was speaking up for my, for my son, but it wasn't just about my son. Yeah. It was about excellence for all of our students. And it absolutely, that's a great question, Carrie, because it really guided everything I did from then on. I uh, really believe that as educators, we should be leading. And so when I talked with Alicia and other state leaders about the vision that I was setting for the association, it was steeped in our mission, which is so powerful for me. Uh, and I told them that for me, that vision is about uniting not just our members, but the entire nation to fulfill the promise of public education. And that compelling vision absolutely required that this nation understand that it can't only be about educators. It has to be about all of us. It has to be about shared responsibility to ensure that all students and all educators and all schools are excelling and everyone knows it. I just, you're just giving me goosebumps all over again, Becky, because it is all about our kids and, and making sure that they have the promise of the future that, that, that we have had, but even more, even more. And, and I think that ties into some of the goals that you have that you've set forth um, in, uh, in, for your presidency. So will you talk a little bit about your goals and, and how you see uh, NEA um, moving things forward for public education? I'd be happy to, Alicia. So for me, for this to actually be a reality, it has to guide the policies and practices and systems at every level of government. Yes. We know that every level of government from the local to the state to the national has a responsibility to ensure that they are providing the resources and support for the every, for the every to happen. So it's every level of the government. But you know what, Alicia, it's not just that. We, as, a, as association leaders, we have a responsibility too. We have to make sure that, that you know, our association is really leaning into that important work that we should be leading. Uh, and that, that everything we do reflects our commitment to racial and social and education justice. So let me describe a little bit about what that means for me. It means that every student, everyone is supported in and prepared for the next journey. You know, we often talk in education about, you know, college and career ready, and that's important. But every step of a student's um, uh, academic and social emotional uh, development is important. I'm a middle school science teacher. I taught those babies with attitude, Alicia. You know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, we all know about middle level learners. We know that's a special time in their lives. So we have to make sure that we are preparing those, those fifth graders or sixth graders to take that next step as they're going through all of those transitions that, that they're going through emotionally, their bodies, everything. We know what's going on. They have to be ready for that. So it's not just about the end. It is about every step along their, their journey. And it's not just about preparing them for college and career if they decide to go, into college, go to college. It is about preparing them to be leaders every step of the way. It is about preparing them to take their civic responsibility. Um, and, then, and then when I describe what that looks like, because 
oftentimes we struggle with what, what's the purpose of public education. So when I describe what that looks like, this is what, this is, this is what really touches my heart, Carrie. It is that they are prepared to fulfill their full potential as empowered individuals. So yes. they know what their power is, right? Yes. And they are constructive members of their communities. It is so important that we understand our role and responsibility in communities uh -huh. all across this nation. And then that they will be productive participants in the economy. So we're not only talking about them being able to get a job, but we are talking about making sure they have a wage that allows them to take care of their, their families and support the community, yes. the, the, the economy, the whole economy. And then finally, that they are engaged citizens of not only the United States, but we are becoming so much more global, right? So they are citizens of the United States and the world because it's all interconnected. So that's what I, that's what I see. When I see what does, when somebody asks me, what does success look like? Mm -hmm. That's what I, that's what it looks like to me. Man, thank you. Yes. Could I just copy paste that as my answer? <laughs> Whenever people say like, what do you want for public education? Um, that, that's what I want. It's mm -hmm. so hard to, it's, it's sometimes hard to articulate because you want, you want the world for your kids. You want the world right. for everybody's kids. And exactly. I think that that acknowledging those different points is so important. I've, and true educators want that for everyone's kids. My yes, kids, your right. kids, yes. the neighbor down the street, the kid in the school that is, you know, uh, in the next town over and, mm -hmm. and in the next state over. I mean, that's, that's absolutely right. who yeah. we are. Right. It is who we are. And we saw that right at the beginning of the pandemic. We saw educators, all of them, you know, our teachers, our, our bus drivers, doing what they do, yeah. standing in the gaps for yeah. everyone's children, right? It, I am so proud of our, I'm so proud of them. I'm so proud of our members. It's yeah. whenever the pandemic started and just to watch um, teachers and support professionals respond just as they always do, you know? Right. I mean, just as um, in an unexpected time doing what we in a way, it's not surprising. I mean, it's surprising, but it's not because yeah, right. of course, of course, they're of course they're driving bus routes to deliver meals. Of course, they're you know making copies and taking them to kids' houses. Like, of mm -hmm. I, I mean, and doing creative things, right? Having yes. car parades or setting up a chair outside of their window. I mean, yes, oh, they're so innovative. They yes. won't let anything stop them from doing what's best from doing the jobs they love. Yes, we talk about passion and perseverance and that is what we see all the time. Yes, yes. Perseverance yes. is such a better word than grit. <laughs> yeah, I, right. yeah, yeah, Man. yeah, I like that. That's absolutely true, I agree with that. I agree with that, Alicia, I like that. Yeah, and it's why I talk, I talk when, I, when I say all educators, it's why when I describe that part of the vision, I talk about educators being supported. Mm -hmm. and continuously prepared for professional excellence. So that means mm -hmm. I see our role, and not everyone does, but I absolutely see our role as an association, uh, helping them with that. So throughout their entire career continuing, mm -hmm. continuum, that we are preparing them for, for uh, that collective autonomy and that collaborative practice for advancing and leading their professions, both teaching and ESP. You know, I'm so proud of the work we did at NEA to um, uh, uh, articulate standards of practice for our ESP. All nine, all nine career families, we did that. So it's all, it's all of us. 
Uh, and all of that, this is what I, this is my, this is my BHAG, my big, hairy, audacious goal. I love this idea that every educator has the professional authority, right? The rights and professional compensation. Certainly OEA members, they were hitting the streets. There was, there's no excuse why any of our educators are, are, are their children are on free and reduced lunch. And too many of our ESP members find themselves in that place. I read about, Alicia, educators in Oklahoma sleeping in their cars. That's yeah. not okay. It's not okay. We should, teachers should never have to choose between um, their profession and being able to just live. Just live. Right. Not right. even that anybody needs like a private yacht. Just trying to have a yeah. home and be able, being able to afford their career. Like you should be able to afford your career. Exactly. Especially average, career that, that we all know is at the foundation of this democracy. Uh, you know, it's, uh -huh. yeah. Go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry, Lise. No, our average support professional uh, para in the classroom makes $16,000 a year. Mm. I mean, that, that is not a living wage. It is not. It's not. And, and we can't have school without our support professionals. We, right. I mean, they are an integral part of, of us being able to educate the whole child. That's exactly right. And I, I love the way you just said that, Alicia, because not everyone understands that. Um, and for us to be able to, to, to talk about it in a way that people uh, finally value uh, the work that our, ESPs, that our ESPs do to ensure that our students are learning and they are cared for. You know, we don't talk enough about that social emotional learning. Mm -hmm. And certainly in this moment where we, where so many of our students are suffering from trauma, yes. our ESPs are those folks, and, and, and as you very well know, I'm sure this is true in Oklahoma, this is true all over the country, that our ESPs live in the communities that our students come from and, um, and they are, are that connector with our parents and other leaders within that community to try yeah. to lift up our schools and get our kids what they need. So well, I will just say one quick thing about that exact issue. We, so I have a, a kindergartner and a fifth grader and when we go pick up meals at our neighborhood school, mm -hmm. our cafeteria workers are a critical connection for my kindergartner. She wants to see their faces. She recognizes them every day. And for her, it is such a tangible tie to her school. And it is, an, it is a critical part of our day. And I, I tell those ladies, thank you every day. I'm so grateful for them. But they, they don't even know the kind of impact they're having on the five-year-old in my car. I mean, it's just mm -hmm. critical every day. She's like, those, she calls them her ladies. She's <laughs> like, we need to go see my ladies. <laughs> And they know what kind of milk she likes. I mean, and they're doing that for my kids. They're doing that for all the kids in our neighborhood. And uh, it's just, you can't say enough. I can't, I can't express enough gratitude for what that, just this, and this direct connection that they have with the kids. And, you know, they don't get to see their teacher like that. They don't get to see their principal or other specialist teachers, but those, those support professionals every day, seeing their faces is, is critical for our family. It is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, and, and when I talk about, when I talk about all schools and that you, you hit on that, 
and describing that here. Then when I talk about all schools, you know, we're, it's not, it, it, you know, that I imagine, this is what I, that my vision is that, you know, schools are that hub of the community. Every school is supported by parents and families and the community and the local, state, and national governments, and, and that, they, that they reflect the aspirations of their community, every school, and contribute to each other's success. Yes. And so when I got when I um, uh, get the chance to travel and go to visit some of the community schools that have have been built on the pillars of community schools that that NEA talks about in its in its policy statement on community schools. It is just an amazing thing. And you know what I found out? I, 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 I wanted to find I had a theory that our community schools were faring much better in the pandemic than others. And so I asked to, to, uh, to connect with our, our leaders in those community schools. And in fact, they were because they already had those systems set up. They already had the partnership with the hospitals. So yep. they were able to get the, the rapid testing for, for the kids and for the families. They already had that connection to the Boys and Girls Club. So they were setting up tutoring for those kids and hotspots and things like that. So they were working in collaboration. That's what I imagine for every school is yeah. that they, they are surrounded by that support, by the community. They're proud of their community. They know how to mine the assets of the community. Too often, um, those communities where we have large numbers of students and families living in poverty or, or our, 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 our Black, Brown, or Indigenous communities, too often, they're, they're talked about as uh, from a deficit model. Mm -hmm. Instead of seeing assets in those communities yes, and yes. working together to lift that community up and that school up and ultimately to make sure that our students have what they need when they need it. Yes. Well, yes. <laughs> uh, to switch gears a little bit, um, talk about the uh, connection with OEA and NEA. Um, it is there are ways that we are alike, there are ways that we're different, but it's always a partnership. Um, what is your vision for NEA and how it is, works with OEA? So I really appreciate that, that question. I, I started talking with our, our state affiliates, Alicia and other state presidents and officers, our board, our NEA board of directors about what I envision. And for all that I just said to happen, we actually have to leverage our collective power, strength, resources. And so I'm talking about true, real culture of collaboration. So that means that we have structures and processes and practices that support and promote that culture of continuous collaboration within and throughout all of our systems, both internally in the association and externally with our partners. So I start, I, I've been uh, sharing with leaders a concept that uh, I, as, as the president, am working to actually be a part of us. And what I call it is dynamic alignment. Okay. And the reason okay. I call, well, the reason I use those words is because dynamic for me means very exciting and powerful and bold. Mm -hmm. And it also means that it has the flexibility to change and be relevant all constantly. Uh, and that alignment means that we are all, we all have that same North Star. So what I just talked about, about that vision, which is rooted in our, 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 our mission of the NEA, which was adopted by our representative assembly, our highest governing body. So we're all aligned behind that, uh, behind that mission, but we're doing it in a way that we are leveraging our collective assets. And so you are absolutely correct. 
Akiri, we are different. We are, we are very different. But I, you know, people say this, but I actually mean it. And I, and, and I've been envisioning ways that we can really lift it up. So when I say that our diversity is our strength, I mean that. Mm-hmm. So what OEA brings to the table, to the NEA table, is something valuable that we need to understand and know so that we can leverage that asset. And so the communication between me and Alicia, between our executive director, Kim Kim Anderson, and yours, between our staffs Uh is absolutely essential so that we can leverage that collective expertise and resources and energy and power Uh to actually make this vision become a reality. You know, when you talk, when you talk about that, it's, it is such a, on the flip side, you think about um, Oklahoma being so different from Massachusetts or California or Florida or Michigan, but it's not a deficit if you view it as a, it's not a challenge if you view it as collectively, which is what unions are about collectively our strength is together. So I love the way you all believe in public education and the promise that that gives uh, our future. And so um, when we, when we work at the things that we agree on Mm -hmm. and make those uh, deposits in that um, we can accomplish anything. That's right. That's exactly right. And I would say, and specific to Oklahoma, so a good example of that is your Red for Ed movement. We all benefited from... I I do like your cardigan. I do. (laughs) Do you like that? You know, we all benefited from what what, what you did. That activism and that energy we learned from you, you allowed us to do that. Um, and you lifted up public education. You really did. I mean, the, the way you talked about it as that common good, as that foundation of the democracy, and you didn't do it by yourselves. You understood it had to be more than the educators. It had to be those other people in the community, the partners and our parents, other organizations who came together to support you. Mm-hmm. That's how we get this done. That's powerful. Yes. The same North Star. The same North Star. Yep. Well, we are, I mean, we, we hear the term unprecedented times, you know, like 12 times a day because we're in unprecedented times, but why, why do you think that, um, membership is why now, why is it important now with so much going on, so many demands and pulls on our time as not just educators and support staff, but as parents and as families and community members, why is it important now? to be part of OEA, NEA? So the, for the reasons you just said, that the, the core value of collective action, of partnership, those are NEA core values. And I would say to that solidarity that you, we have to care about each other. We have to care about each other. And when I think about the goals that I've said just, just for this year, it is, it, they are steeped in that mission. So for me, it is about us, the, the association, the, the, the enterprise, all of us, leading this movement to reclaim public education as that common good, as the foundation of democracy, and, and then to transform it into a racial and socially just and equitable system that's actually designed, because it wasn't designed that way, that no. was that's actually designed to prepare every student, everyone, 
to succeed in this diverse and interdependent world. And so we do have to talk about equi equity and access and opportunity and excellence for all, all students. We yeah. do have to talk about professional respects, respect and authority and rights and excellence for all educators. We do have to talk about that shared responsibility at every level. And so everything that, that I'm focused, that, that we're focused on is steeped in that. And then of course, of course, you know, we're faced with something we've never been faced be with before in my lifetime and for sure with the coronavirus pandemic, which of course spawned all of these other crises, right? The economic crisis, the racial, the racial injustice that's, that's being, uh, uh, that the light is shining on right now. Um, and so we have to support our educators and our students through this as we talk about safely educating our students, yes. taking care of our members. And then not only, we talked earlier about standing in the gaps right now, mm -hmm. but we really have to, even in this moment, lift up our heads. And we've got to, we have to fit, we have to finally uh, solve, come up with that solution to the inequities that have existed in our system forever. And so that's what we're gonna be focusing on this year, all of us collectively to be there for our members right now and into and our students right now and into the future and that's what that collective action uh brings for us as members of the largest labor union in this country well said i know <laughs> hooray <laughs> well um becky we know that you're a very busy woman and we appreciate you taking the time to speak to us and to our members and educators and support staff here in Oklahoma. We, uh, we appreciate your time very much. Very much so. Thank you. Oh, thank you, ladies. And I, I just, I, I need to say this to all of the members uh, and potential members in Oklahoma. You make me so proud every day. You inspire me in ways that you don't even know. This is hard work, isn't it, Alicia? It's hard it work. It is. But I get to get up every day and see the amazingness. Is that a word? I, it is a it word. It is now. The <laughs> amazingness yeah. of our educators all over this country. Who gets to do that? I get to do that. And so I just need to end by saying thank you, OEA. Thank you, OEA members, for all you do every single day for our students and for each other and for your state and for this country. Thank you. And welcome to Alicia's morning announcements. Do, 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 do. We really ought to pay to have some, some chime or something there. You know there is a chime. I, I know, but <laughs> <laughs> it cracks me up every week that I do it. Oh man. Uh, these simple things in life. Um, simple things in life like registering to vote. Yes. Today is the last day. October 9th is Today. the last day that you can register to vote in the presidential election. Postmark. 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 Even. Yeah. So get it in the mail. Get it in the mail. Get it there. Hand delivered if you don't trust the post office anymore. Um, ask, ask your friends and family. Make Just check on everybody. Make sure they're registered. And I'm sorry, just to also interject. Check your registration. We've, Oklahoma has purged 90,000 people from the rolls last year. Just go check. Just go check and make sure, is my name correct? Is my, you know, my address? All that good stuff. Is that all right? Um, make sure you ha weren't inadvertently purged. Like, and then if 
then you can you've got time today to fix that issue. Well, I'll tell you, I can't wait until we're purged from the commercials. Oh my word! Of election season. It's continuous. <laughs> oh my god! It's continuous. I've just started changing channels. Like I don't ever get to watch an entire show because when a set of commercials comes, then I've got to change. <laughs> I do appreciate that there's been a lot of uh, support for the U.S. Postal Service. Yes, via campaigns. Absolutely, all the mail, all the mails, all the time. Our postal workers are doing They're everything doing that they can. They They're have, doing it uh, from the top down. It has been um, mandated some things that I'm sure that they are not uh, happy about either. So um, let's move on to uh, something new that is happening for the Northeast. If you live in the Northeast, we're having something called the Squawk Box every Thursday. And um, the link to that is in the edge. And if, you, um, if you're wondering what it is, so are we. But we think that it is something like the first step of Festivus, the airing of the grievances. And then... Moral support and and ideas, how, problem how to, solving. So, yes, how to find a solution to what's going on and what your needs are. And for folks who might not know what the edge is, the the education edge is an email that comes out every Tuesday to OEA members. The link is in there. And if you're not getting OEA emails, give us a call. Give us a call. Four zero five five two eight seven seven eight five. Look at you. I know. I I know numbers. <laughs> I am well known for the ability of uh, remembering numbers. All of them. Lies. Also true. Um, and and don't forget, every Tuesday at 4 o'clock, we do tips and tricks. Uh, this week, well, <laughs> is it at 4 o'clock? Yeah, yeah, okay, no, good. no, this last week was TikTok. This last week was TikTok. Yeah. And, um, and so now we all know some more dances. And then <laughs> this week, it's all about Canvas. And people have some ideas about Canvas, don't they, Carrie? They've got some feelings. So come and learn some things and then... Uh, a canvas festivus. A canvas festivus, <laughs> yes. There will be another airing of the grievances. <laughs> but this is a statewide airing of the grievances, yeah. so uh, it should be interesting. Um, and they'll they'll teach something. I mean, it, it <laughs> really is. I, yes. Every Everyone that has contacted me about canvas has just been, or uh, not about canvas, they, they have ideas about that, but about tips and tricks have just been, you know, it is so helpful. I've learned. Yeah, you know, and it's fast. Yeah. I mean, it's like 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, you don't want it to be too long. It's yeah. just a, it's a quick, quick learn. And uh, finally, I want to thank everybody who came to a great uh, CD1. And there were four races that um, were highlighted uh, in a, um, we had a Zoom with a Facebook Live event um, for our Tulsa folks in conjunction with a partner, Action, in Tulsa. And last night, it was, we ask candidates, they ask candidates things about um, education during the pandemic, mm -hmm. um, funding, making sure that our support employees got paid in a, um, in a, uh, a, a health crisis as teachers and mm -hmm. um, administrators do already. There's a law for that, but but it doesn't cover our, our education support professionals. Which is ridiculous. It is, because we can't have school without them. Right. And um, and then evictions and student loan debt. And yeah. I learned some things. I mean, yeah. you know, if, if you're not living with student loan debt, you don't understand the burden. Yeah. There, there are people that will be paying their student loan debt 
until they retire and beyond. Mm -hmm. And that affects their ability to own a home. It affects the interest rates on their cars. It affects your save for retirement. I mean, all everything. The ability to put your own children through college without student loan debt. I mean, it was the conversation was awesome, and I thought that I loved listening to all the different candidates. Um, There were senators, state reps, uh, um, congressional district one, Kojo showed up. And it was just interesting to hear different perspectives and just different. Um, I, I just thought it was really cool. I enjoyed it. Great stories. And you can still find that on yep. Facebook, yep. Uh, Action. the OEA page or the Action mm-hmm. page. So um, check that out. And and if there is an event, whether it's an OEA event or a community event near you, you know, the more you know, yeah, the, the better off you are. And because this, you know, presidential years, it's easy to forget how many other critical races there are on your ballot. Like I live in Oklahoma City. We've got city um, questions there. I've got a state rep to vote for. I mean, there's so many. County commissioner. Yeah. So many important county clerk. Like they're just things that are that directly affect your life. And and it's not just about the presidential election. That's right. Because Really, the closer the election is to you, the more effect yeah. it has on the things in your community. Yeah. I mean, uh, we can we can talk about the global view, but every election matters. Indeed. Every single is one. Is it time for the election? Good Lord. We are less than 30 days away. Not that I'm counting. Right. Down to November 4th, the day after yes. the election. Or... When I'm- or you know, at some well, time after when all the mail-in ballots get counted. Just let's get, let's hop to it. Keep hope alive. Oh, my goodness. Well, we want to say thank you so much to NEA President Becky Pringle for joining us. Uh, wonderful insight and so appreciative of her time. And we want to say thank you to you for listening to Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall-Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Fried Okra on Apple Podcasts. You can also contact us at friedokrapodcast at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education.